This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier. We discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why we should dig in on Determination Day, and we will share many comments from rebels with their ideas about how they work with their rebel tendency to stick to their good habits. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, human nature. I'm in New York City. I'm not in my little home office. I'm elsewhere in an undisclosed location (laughs) in my apartment. But joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I'm wearing my Choose the Bigger Life shirt today. Excellent. And I'm drinking out of my Koi-themed mug. Oh, yes, you are. So we're all about 2024 and... Getting happier. That's right. But before we dive in, we got a really fun update from a listener related to gold stars. Of course, we love gold stars. We talk about gold stars every episode. And this was a great gold star story. Gretchen, we talked about gold stars in episode 468. And of course, we talk in every episode about gold stars. And listener Diane sent an obituary of George Davis from the Lexington County Chronicle in Lexington, South Carolina. And part of it read... Davis was known for passing out gold stars he made with the expression, you deserve a gold star minted on them. He passed them to others he felt deserved recognition. So, Gretch, George Davis is someone we would have appreciated very much. I mean, this is next level, Elizabeth. Maybe this is something that we challenge ourselves to do, to actually have physical gold stars that we hand out throughout the day. I, I would find that to be very delightful. Yes, and I'm sure you'd like to receive a gold star. Absolutely. 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 So thank you, Diane, for sending that in. That's a beautiful tribute. And Elizabeth, this week, our Try This at Home tip is to dig in with Determination Day. Yes. So Determination Day is February 28th. Explain what it is. Yes. So this is a day we made up (laughs) because what research shows is many, many people make resolutions around January 1st. And by mid to late February, most people have abandoned those resolutions. So you often see this mentioned called Quitter's Day, 
or discouragement day. And that just seemed like a bad idea for me. If we're trying to make our lives happier, today is always the right time to begin. You're never too late. Jump in. And I'm also a big fan of using the calendar as a catalyst for reflection. And so given the fact that by the end of February, we know that most people are struggling with the resolutions, seemed like, let's reframe this. Elizabeth, you love a good reframe. Let's make the last day of February, February 28th. This year, there's the bonus day, but usually it's February 28th. It's not leap year. And call it Determination Day and use that as a day to stay determined to persist, to figure out what needs to change, what's working, what's not working, what do you want to let go of, what do you want to hang on to, what are your values. Really use that time as a new beginning where you feel like, I'm not behind, I'm I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Well, this is particularly useful for me this year, Gretchen, because, as you know, I was so sick at the beginning of the yeah. year. I got off to such a rocky start with all of my yeah. uh, resolutions for 2024. So I'm really embracing Determination Day this year. Well, and it's good. A lot of people make resolutions, but then there are also the people who do the trifecta, one or two or three elements of our trifecta. So that could be the one-word theme, doing the annual challenge, which this year, of course, is right 24 and 24 or making your 24 for 24 list. So maybe you haven't finished your 24 for 24 list, or maybe you haven't started it, but you still think it's a fun idea, do it on determination day. Or maybe you kind of forgot about your one word theme. Elizabeth, that's happened to us a couple of times where you're like, oh wait, I forgot. I'm supposed to all be about delegate this year and I haven't done one thing. Um, Determination day is a chance to take a pause, reflect, think on what you said you were gonna do or what you're deciding that you wanna do right now and just get going. Yeah. And we had an interesting observation, Gretchen, from our listener, Linda. She said, since it is a new year, 2024, I wish you could address the topic of who or what needs to be kicked to the curb. In other (laughs) words, habits, things or people who no longer serve or benefit you. And so you should no longer put your energy there. Well, I think this is a great reminder because this is another thing you can do on Determination Day, which is decide you don't want to do something anymore. And I think that's one of the easiest ways. I think I wrote about that in The Happiness Project. One of the easiest ways to complete a project is to abandon it, is to decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. And I did that on my 23 for 23 list where I was like, you know what? I put on that I wanted to make a time capsule, but I just decided I didn't want to do it. And so uh, I think Determination Day is a great chance to do it. Or, and maybe you want to do this a couple of times because I think Linda's right that sometimes we don't think about the fact that I could just not do this anymore. If this isn't benefiting me, if this isn't serving me, I did that with meditation where, you know, on and off, I've tried meditation. I did my silent meditation retreat. I keep trying it and then I keep deciding, nah, I'm not going to persist. But sometimes that's clear and sometimes that's not so clear. Yeah, well, sometimes it's sticky. Like, is a friendship yes. working for you? Is a certain yes. club you're in working for you? Is Do you really never go to that gym anymore? And so you, yes. it's time to, like, deal with it and cancel it or join a different gym that's closer to your house now that you're not going to the office as much. It is sticky. There's a stickiness to whatever we're doing that can make it hard to stop. Yeah. And then sometimes you just have to have a different approach. So on my 24 for 24 list, I talked about this, that I really want to go to Japan. That was on my list. And Jamie just said, with everything that's going on in his work life this year, it's just he doesn't want to take that kind of big, ambitious family trip this year. So I crossed that off my list, but now I'm like, well, what's a more manageable family trip? Because I still want us to have a family adventure together. What could that be? And so now it has to be reconsidered. I'm using Determination Day to think through that and then, you know, and talk to him like, well, what does he think 
would make for a great family vacation so we can plan together. Um, and then I also realized this is a thing I really struggle with. And Elizabeth, mm. I think it's an issue for you and probably for many people where there's something that we really do want to do, but we don't make the time for it. And it's the time that's really the issue. So, you mm. know, I want to do watercolor. Yes. Uh, what I've learned about myself is I like signing up for courses in person or like video courses. I like writing down resources. Everybody's like, you can turn an Altoid tin into a traveling watercolor palette. I'm like, that looks amazing. I'll like write down that link. I like buying supplies. I Anything like office supplies or art supplies, I really like to buy. Not this month, of course, because we're in no buy February, but generally I like to buy it. But the fact is, you got to do it. Yes. It's so easy to like have the resources and the lessons and the stuff pile up. But I'm like, what I really need to focus in is the time. And that is what I'm going to do on Determination Day. It's like, what does this look like in terms of my calendar? When is this happening? Because I've got plenty of everything I need. What I need to do is to focus on the time. Yes, you need to put it on the schedule or it won't happen. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I know for me, Gretch, there's also, I have a fear of doing things. Like, mm. you know, I want to do Orange Theory and being yes. sick sent me awry on that. And now I have like a fear of going and doing it and just being so tired, so bad. Oh. And so I need to get over my fear, which I have to say I could also see applying to something like watercolor. Even though there's no physical yeah. fear, yes. I could see just it's being afraid. Of, yeah, intimidating. So right. for me, that's an element of using determination data to sort of get past my own psychological blocks. And I think that maybe also Determination Day could serve as a deadline for you because mm -hmm. you're somebody, yes. you talk about this all the time, you really benefit from a deadline. Yes. So it's like, on or before February 28th, yes. I will go to an Orange Theory yes. class. So that's, that's tapping into the four tendencies, which is also a great thing to think about as you're thinking about what works and doesn't work for you. Because I think a lot of times when a habit isn't working for someone, like a new habit that they're trying to set up, it's often because they haven't taken their tendency into account so rebels are trying to use their calendar, but calendars don't work for rebels. Or obligers are trying to like work on their motivation, where it's not about their motivation, it's about accountability. Or upholders like me, they haven't put that watercolor on the calendar, so it always gets shoved to the bottom because everything that's on the calendar gets done, but if I need to get it into the calendar, and then it will get done. Questioners need to think about the why and the efficiency. So if you don't know what we're talking yeah. <laughs> about, take the quiz. All will be revealed. GretchenRubin.com slash quiz, and you will find out if you're an upholder, a questioner, obliger, or rebel. This is something that often comes up when people are struggling with a habit. In my observation, often it is because they haven't set it up. Classic example is an obliger who's like, oh, I'm going to get up early every morning and do a 30-minute YouTube video. And I'm like, where's the accountability in that? Like you just need, there's a million ways mm -hmm. to create accountability for that, but you have to include that step. And a simple, simple change could unlock that whole habit for years. Yes. And Gretchen, speaking of Determination Day, February 28th, there is still time to sign up for your workshop. Yes, I am so excited about this workshop. Okay, so this is about creating a plan for your next new habit because, you know, I have my quiz which tells you, you know, what next new habit is going to make a difference for you. And that's, again, at GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. But what I found is that people would, they'd get their result and they'd be thinking, okay, well, what is the habit? You know, because often there might be many, many habits that you could think about that would help you achieve that aim. 
what should I do? How should I go about sticking to it? How can I avoid pitfalls? If you're going to do the workshop, come with some ideas for how do you want to implement this? And then it'll be a chance to talk about it. We can all learn from each other. Really think about, well, why are these habits leading to happiness? What can be gained from them and how do you set them up so that you achieve, you know, you're happier, healthier, more productive, more creative. As a result, I cannot wait. This is going to be 90 minutes. It's virtual. It's Zoom. Thursday, February 29th, something to do on Leap Day. Mm -hmm. We all love a Leap Day. 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Happiercast.com slash workshop. This is going to be really fun. I love, this is kind of my happiness bully side. Yes. It's just talking to people about what their habits are, what they're planning. And I plan to take a lot of notes. Uh, we might get some good try this at home and, and hacks out of it. So join that. Yeah, it's happiercast.com slash workshop. Yes. And Gretch, by the way, my habit that I should focus on, you know, is around investing and saving and money. And I just want to tell you, there might be some exciting news about my will coming soon. I'm going to leave that there. Ooh. Stay tuned. Oh, I am on the edge of my seat. Uh, so let us know if you do try this at home and how digging in for Determination Day works for you. What are you going to do? Let us know on Instagram, threads, TikTok, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 469 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a happiness hack inspired by Andy Warhol. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretch, it is time for this week's happiness hack, and this is an intriguing notion from Andy Warhol. Yes. So, you know, I love aphorisms and secrets of adulthood, and I am not a huge fan of Andy Warhol's art, his visual art, but I love his writing and his interviews. And this was an observation he made in uh, The Philosophy of Andy Warhol. And he said, today, my favorite kind of atmosphere is the airport atmosphere. And I thought this was so intriguing because, Elizabeth, you are the reframe yes. queen. And I just thought this was a great way to reframe the airport because I always think of the airport atmosphere as like something to be gotten through. It's like friction. It's something that you want to 
have as little as possible. It's kind of a negative. And and when I read this from Andy Warhol, I was like, this is somebody who's like, oh, I love the airport atmosphere. I enjoy it. it my favorite kind of atmosphere is the atm- airport atmosphere. And it made me think, well, what is it about the airport atmosphere and the airport experience generally that I could say, oh, I enjoyed this part of being in an airport or being in that, that airport? Because listen, you and I, we get there early. So yes. if we're flying, there's airport time for sure. Yes. And one thing we were talking about you can do is really look around at the art in airports because more and more there's amazing art, usually from any city that you're in, uh, local artists, and they might be these enormous, really cool pieces that you wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah, and then there's sometimes like exhibits related to the city, just kind of displays of all kinds. Like I was in one and it was sort of like flight attendant uniforms through the ages, or it'll be like a famous inventor from that city. They'll have historical things. Water features now. There was a New York City's LaGuardia has this kind of new water feature. That's just, you're like, oh, that's kind of a cool water feature. And what I like is it's not, we don't have to consider this wasted time. We can reclaim it. We can say, oh, I will use this time. I will really look around me. That's a very five senses thing. I will look around me. Yes, well, and you can look in the stores for local products also. In the Kansas City barbecue sauce and Guy's potato chips. Yes. And Gretchen, one thing you've talked about is getting in steps at the airport. Yes, I'm a huge fan of doing this. I I mean, there have been times when I've gotten six or 7,000 steps in, even without being delayed. You can really get a lot of walking in. And I've also heard of using it for certain kinds of reading or writing. So a friend of mine said, and this was for travel generally, but I think you could also apply it just to airport time. She only read novels when she traveled for work. Mm. And so she would never work during that time. And so I think you could say something like, well, I'm only going to read for fun when I'm waiting in an airport waiting room. Like maybe you're going to work on the flight, but when you're waiting, you're going to just read for pleasure. Or maybe, you know, write 24 for 24 if you're looking for another way to write. I remember talking to a father. He traveled a lot for work and he used the time when he was sitting on a flight, when he was seated, but it, but it wasn't in the air yet, he would use that to write in a journal that he kept for his three young sons. He did it when he was on the plane, but you could also say, I'm going to do this when I'm in the airport waiting room, use it for a certain kind of writing. And then, of course, you know, listen, all this is about the five senses, mm-hmm. you know, what we see, we're walking around with our feet, but the smells of airports, right? Very airports specific. have lots of Okay, what is, okay, let's see if we get to the same answer. What is the most specific, most distinctive smell that you smell in an airport? Yes, Gretch, like Auntie Anne's. Every airport in the U.S. has Auntie Anne's. Very specific smell. Yes, very specific smell. And then in terms of taste, I'm remembering somebody I knew, we were talking about the the distinction between abstainers and moderators. And sometimes abstainers who are people who give up something altogether, they'll have very planned exceptions. And this was a guy who basically didn't eat sugar, except that he had the planned exception of that he would always go to Cinnabon if he were in the Newark airport. Mm -hmm. So for him, the airport atmosphere of the Newark airport specifically was very Cinnabon. And I thought that was very funny because he's like, now I love going through through Newark. (laughs) I love it. And I want to hear what other people embrace in the airport. Like, do they get like a 
yes. neck massage. Some places have massage yeah. chairs. Do, you know, what do they do to embrace the atmosphere of the airport? Right. And it's funny, you can have it for specific airports. Like in the San Francisco airport, I love going to the bookstore and looking at the staff picks. For some reason, their staff picks are like exactly my taste. Amazing. So that's something I can do at the airport in San Francisco. But yeah, what are other things people have found as a way to reframe that time as reclaim time and enjoyable time instead of just treating it as something that we need to power our way through. Yes. Who knows, Gretch? Maybe people will start to look forward to spending two hours in the airport. Absolutely. Like Andy Warhol. Let's let's find a way. And now, Elizabeth, we are going to talk about tips related to the four tendencies. Yes, Gretch. We are going to talk about rebels and what strategies they use to maintain their habits. Yes. Now, this is, again, if you don't know about the four tendencies, take the quiz. And this is useful to think about because rebel is the most different tendency. They are the most different from upholders, questioners, and obligers. And a lot of times the things that work for upholders, questioners, obligers don't work well for rebels. And so it's really helpful to hear from rebels about what they have found. And this is useful whether you are a rebel or if you have another rebel in your life, because if there's a rebel at home or at work, if you understand the way they think, you're more likely to be able to be helpful or at least neutral and not get in their way. Because the fact is sometimes upholders, questioners, and obligers do kind of interfere with rebels with all good intentions because we just don't understand their perspective. So I think it's really helpful to hear from rebels. And you'll notice as you hear these, some of them are a little bit repetitive, but I think it's helpful to hear from different rebels because they have slightly different ways that they approach even the same strategy. And I think that that can be useful in just understanding how rebels think. Yes. So Summer said, it's difficult, but here's how I do it. One, I have about 15 constantly evolving mantras that remind me of the type of person I want to be. For example, I am an explorer and citizen of the world. An explorer has to be strong enough to go on adventures, so I better exercise. Two, I give myself plenty of choices about how to do things. For example, I can do leg day at home, at the gym, or hike up a mountain. Similarly, I set very abstract goals, which allows many different paths to achieve them. Smart goals are the kiss of death for me. Smart being specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Three, I identify and focus on principles and relationships that are extremely valuable to me, then align my decisions accordingly. I won't blow those up, but everything else is fair game. Four, it helps to have a big new thing on the horizon that I can work toward, like a hiking trip, a finished novel, or a triathlon. The harder, the better. And five, I work a ton of variety into my life for a fairly stable suburban mother of five. Wow. I'm lucky enough to work two highly meaningful part-time jobs. I don't think I've ever eaten the same meal twice, and I'm always learning something new. My rebel tendencies have been a major blessing in my life. I never let can't or should dictate my decisions, and as a consequence, my life and relationships are beautiful. That's fantastic. I love this. This is like literally a roundup of all the things that I suggest in the book, The Four Tendencies for Rebels. This is this is fantastic. But notice how she says that SMART goals don't work for her as a rebel. That is often advice that people give. Use SMART goals, use SMART goals. They don't work for everybody. No tool fits every hand. 
Brian says, I constantly invent systems to organize my thoughts and behaviors, which are often deconstructed and reconstructed. I've learned to be okay with this process and that the results are more important than the system I use to enable those results. Such a good idea. Beckett says, I tell no one because the second someone asks about it, it's over. We hear that a lot. Yes. Nudging, reminding, even praising a rebel can make it harder for them. Nicole writes, I don't like having my time very structured, and I like to be able to do what I want, when I want, as far as possible. But for some reason, I am very good at streaks, whether exercise or Duolingo or cold water dipping, and I sort of trick myself into it by challenging myself to keep at it. Then I get a lot of confidence that if I say I'll do something, I will, even though I hate to be held to things. Interesting. Lori said, I use mini goals to hit a target. Basically, I trick my rebel self. You only have to do dishes, exercise, cleaning, the thing for five minutes. Then you can go back to having fun. Smart. Christina says, I can't tell anyone because the minute someone tries to helpfully remind me, I push back. Sometimes a person telling me it's unlikely works so I can rebel against their authority. Oh, yeah? Watch me. Seems to be my mantra then but it has to be something I genuinely want and that they genuinely think is improbable. Other times I can use my own identity as someone whose word is her bond, like signing up for personal training and then just showing up for the workout. Yanner says, I have a million balls in the air at all times, so I'm always progressing at something even if other things are lagging behind. One of your tips for Rebels was to take pictures. I found this to be a fun way to keep track of projects and progress. Yes, in the Happier app, that's one of the tools that you can use is the photo log. And I've noticed that Rebels often will use the photo log. Aaron writes, I keep my goals to myself. Telling other people ruins it. Also, I make my goals a kind of rebellion. My own goals are always longer and heavier than the recommended. Mm. So again, it's that challenge. Leslie says, strike when the iron is hot. When I am in the mood to do something, I will go for it full force. If I'm not, it is so hard to do. Beth writes, my husband of 42 years is a rebel, and guess what I am? It starts with O. (laughs) She's referring to the fact that rebels often pair up with obligers. And about 10 years ago, he started setting alarms on his phone to remind him to do anything he had to do. It kind of drives me bonkers because many times he's not even around his phone when his alarm sounds. The obliger in me has to turn it off and then tell him his alarm was beeping. I have to say, I've heard this from other rebels, and it's not something I would have thought Mm. would work for rebels, but it it does seem to be something setting alarms seems to work for them. Rochelle says, I have to gamify things as I really hate losing. It's like being told you can't do something. For example, I used the Way Better app to bet money that I could complete fitness challenges. Jade said, I keep a very loose schedule, a weekly set of pull tasks which I can choose from. This has been much more successful for me than doing things on certain days. I do activity goals, but no SMART goals. There's that SMART goal again. No exact numbers, no quotas. I hate all that. If I work toward a goal, it all counts. If I have to do something, giving myself as much freedom and choice as I can in where, how, what I bring, what I do the rest of the day works. And Gretch, finally, Mel says, I am a rebel. I took the test seven times and the category stuck. (laughs) Ironically, I love a list, but I choose what I do on the list. I identify as a productive person. Thus, I get stuff done on the list. I have always been 100% commissioned salesperson because that way I can do what I want. You don't really have a boss. You're your own boss. 
Gretchen's work really illuminated how I think, act, and show up in the world. This was fascinating. Elizabeth, I think this is really helpful for rebels and people around rebels to understand what works, what doesn't work. Yes. To me, the biggest takeaway is if you have a rebel in your life, don't praise them for their good habits because it can just backfire. And it seems like that's true of many, many, many rebels. Get out of the way. Let them do their own work in their own way. Absolutely. All right. Coming up, Gretchen has a demerit related to something that she tells people all the time to do and she didn't do herself. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. 
Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and you're up this week with a happiness demerit. Um, This made me laugh. Yes. Okay, so one of the principles of if you've lost an item and you need to look for it, one of the things that is very important to do is to look very, very, very carefully where you think that thing ought to be. Because to a surprising extent, that thing is there and it's either, it's just been covered up by somebody put a laptop on top of it so you don't see the piece of paper or, you know, it's in the wrong pocket of your backpack and so you don't realize it's there, but it is there. It is where you think it is. So the rule is look very, very carefully before you think that it's not there. So, but here it comes. So Jamie, uh, you know, I wear my Uniqlo vest constantly all throughout the winter and it has like four pockets and Jamie handed me a set of keys and I put them in the vest pocket because that's where they're going to be. But then two hours later, he said, where are the keys? And I felt around and I didn't feel them. And I panicked and I scrambled. And I was like, I did that thing where I tried to find a way to blame. I did actually blame him for Uh it. I'm like, why did you hand me those keys when you knew I was so distracted? You know, I am such a blamer. And he laughed at me. And so I like, you know, did the thing where you run around and fitfully look uh, very unproductively and very unsystematically. And then finally, I remember the rule. Look very carefully where the thing is supposed to be. You think, how hard can it be to search for pockets. Turns out it is not that hard. And there they were. Yep. They had been in my pocket the whole time. And I knew that that's exactly where I would have put them. Yes. I knew these rules. I know myself. Yes. What was the problem? Yes. I, uh, you know, we yes, have to demerit. learn everything over and over again. We really do. Over and over again. Yes. So anyway, that's that. I will not forget that one for a while. Elizabeth, take us up. What's your gold star? Well, I'm giving a gold star... To my dinner party. It's not even to me. It's to my dinner party. Mm. I had a dinner party the other night. And Gretchen, you know, I have been so sick. I haven't been socializing. I haven't been doing things. And it just brought me back to the world. I said afterward, I feel like I've been like a crabby, cranky zombie walking around. And now I finally feel like myself again. And it's because I just need to be with people. I need that. Yeah. And it, it, you are I very social. Elizabeth. That it brings you, me to yeah. life. It really does. And so that's my gold star. Well, I want to give a gold star for you because you really have been sick and low energy. And, and for you and for me both, entertaining is always something that I think takes special energy. We don't take to it the way some people do. And so this is really the kind of thing where you did something, No, it's called hedonic forecasting. Like, I don't feel like doing this right now, but I know in the long run it's going to make me happier. Yeah. And it really did. Yes. Like, it took a lot out of you to get ready, and then if you had this huge payoff. Yeah, you got to do these things. Gold stars. And the resource for this week. Okay, it's Valentine's Day season, and many people have been asking for the wedding readings that we have compiled over the years. And uh, these are ones that we used in our own weddings, and we compiled a bunch from listeners. Yeah, so if you're looking for uh, a reading for a wedding, or if you just think it would be fun to read a bunch of readings related to love, you can get that at GretchenRubin.com slash resources, or I'll post the direct link in the show notes. And Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading? I'm reading My Name is Barbara by Barbara Streisand. And I'm reading Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. 
And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Dig in with Determination Day. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram, Threads, Facebook, and TikTok at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm on Instagram and Threads at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Rate, review, follow, and unpause. We really appreciate it. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretchen, so where are you in your undisclosed location in your apartment? Yeah, I'm in the living room. I had to, like, move all my stuff. I'm surrounded by pillows that I pulled off of chairs and sofas. But it's the beauty of technology. Yes. I've got studio wherever I am. Well, you sound good to me. From the Onward Project. Gretch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility.